exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Welcome to your exposure. My name's Melissa, and tonight we've got a lovely show lined up for you guys. Uh, we'll have Scott Cameron in the studio to talk about Van Atta's greenhouses and the courses that they'll be offering there. We also have Joe Haynes to talk about his comic story that's going to be featured in Comics Obscura, um, as well as his experiences as a comic book writer. Uh, but currently, right now, we have some folks from Into the Streets, Amanda, Don, Justin, Matt, and Brian. So we have a pretty full house tonight, and so if you guys want to find out what Into the Streets is about, um, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So we're going to welcome our guests right now. How are you guys doing tonight? Excellent. Good. <laughs> now, for people who might not be familiar with Into the Streets, because the name is kicked around a little bit um, around campus, um, what are you guys all about? Um, I guess our big mission is to get MSU students to volunteer around the community, because um, MSU does have kind of a bad rap with the Lansing community, the partying and you know all that stuff. So our goal is to try to give students a way to come together and volunteer without having a full year commitment. All right, so. now by not having a full year commitment, like what does that mean? We only have two events. We have one in the fall and one in the spring. Um, so you only volunteer for one day. Um, a lot of students are afraid of having like where they have to come in every week and do something. Mm -hmm. So this gives them a way to have a full you know eight hour day of volunteering. All right, now, um, okay, like like in the fall, uh, how many students came out for this past fall? I think about 100 we had this fall. Yeah, we had a little low turnout. We had a weather situation. Rainy day. Mm -hmm. And it depends a lot on other volunteer events that are happening at the same time. Oh, so it kind of got crushed by other events. But, yeah. you know, coming up, because you guys have another event, um, MLK Day. Mm -hmm. So you might be able to monopolize that. Like, uh, traditionally, uh, how much, uh, how many students have you had on MLK Day for um, your volunteer events? We usually get about around 300 to 350. Um and a lot of them are uh, student organizations, and uh, we get some individuals who come out, too. All right. Now, what types of events are students going to be doing uh, this coming Monday? There's... You can go ahead. You sure? Go ahead. All right. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, all across Lansing, we have, like, the American Red Cross. Um, people come out and sort and organize the food distributions. Uh, we have people maintain greenhouses, uh, paint places. All just everything you can think of to help around the community. Um, some actually go to a retirement home and play bingo and organize that. So it's a lot of good opportunities. Now, uh, how do students um, or I guess organizations uh, register for these different events? You can go online and uh, email us at streets at msu.edu, and we also have a website. Um, www.msu.edu backslash tilde streets. Tilde's a little the squiggly wavy thing. thing. The squiggly <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like in, you know, when Spanish, you know, it's the little thing that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it, I got it. <laughs> um, now, okay, like, are there different events or, like, different um, sites that are going to fill up quicker than others? Like... Um, some of the more popular sites, there's a uh, Ronald McDonald House that usually tends to fill up pretty fast. Uh, there's the Habitat for Humanity places that always fill up. Uh, American Red Cross is very popular as well, but for every one of those, there's five or six other sites that need just as much help, if not more, mm -hmm. so we're always looking for more volunteers. All right. Now, um, can students register the day of, or do they have to register in advance? Yeah, they can register the day of. Um, you just show up, and uh, you go, and what you do is you tell them your name and your PID, um, so we can get you credit if you actually need community service hours, which we can also sign off for and show up and you have a list of sites that are open and how many people they can have and you just sign up on whatever one you want. All right, now what do you mean by credit for community service? Like if people have gotten in trouble and need community service hours for court, uh, we offer um, write-offs on that. We credit your hours and track how many hours you were there. Or for ISS classes? Yes. Yeah, oh. ISS classes. Oh, yeah. ISS probably gets a pretty good turnout oh, yeah. for uh, Into the Streets. We actually get a couple classes that reserve a specific site. So. All right. 
right. That's that's pretty sweet. Um, so as far as like the actual MLK Day, um, how long does it take? Because you guys mentioned, you know, committing uh, a day to this. Like how many hours is that? I know registration begins at 9.15 in the morning, mm-hmm. and you're back on campus by 3 o'clock. Um, there's a little bit of other stuff we have to take care of, such as signing up, and we have a speaker come in in the morning. Um, you actually end up getting, I think, volunteering from about 11 till about 2 or 2.30. Right. So. Now, who's the speaker this year? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, Uh-oh. I, I can kind of give some I came here. <laughs> trivia for people while you're thinking about it. Because I, I was actually at Into the Streets last year, and you guys had Dr. Maybank, yes. mm-hmm. who is awesome. She's a very good speaker. Yeah, she's a very good speaker. So um, any idea about the, the speaker for this His last name is Hollister, and he's from a group, um, a group from Alabama, I think, from the South, that ended up coming up and volunteering for Into the Streets back when we initially started. I guess they were having a hard time finding community service to do down there or if it's for some reason they ended up coming up here and he had a very good experience and wanted to uh speak and tell about the experience that he had within the streets okay um now when it comes to speakers like what do you guys like hope that the speaker does for these volunteers um on the mlk day service project so um it's kind of like a motivation kind of thing make you realize what you are accomplishing in the community because some people come in you know, just doing it for credit or community service hours and don't really care about what they're doing. So it's more of trying to make you realize your effects are affecting other people in a good way. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys mentioned that um, Hollister, the speaker that's going to be coming up, came back when Into the Streets first started. Um, how old is this organization? It's about 15 or 16 years old. I think this will be our, our 16th annual or 15th annual MLK Day. Okay. So it's been around for a while, since the early 90s, about... All right. Now, when did you guys get involved in it? And, like, I guess, how did you guys get involved? Um, well, one of my good friends, Sarah Baker, got involved when she was a freshman, and she kind of brought me into it my sophomore year. I'm a senior now. So, yeah, that's how I got involved as well. Sarah is one of my friends from, from high school, and um, after we heard about her getting involved in it, she uh, told us that she had a really good time and ended up wanting to get more involved and got on the board. And, um, we thought it'd be a good opportunity to help out the community, and so we ended up joining with her. I joined last semester, actually. Um, more out of working with Habitat for Humanity, I decided to start working a little bit more with the community, and the streets seemed to be the perfect way to do that. I'm going to have to go with Sarah Baker, too. Um, about last year, I was a little hesitant to join it. You know, it's eboard meets just about every week, but I uh, got into it, and it was really good and really rewarding. I actually joined as a freshman. I came as an individual to uh, volunteer for the day um, with my roommate and enjoyed it. And I did the fall uh, kickoff this week or this year, last year I guess it was. Now and uh, so now I've been going to the e-board and kind of been a part of that for the one on Monday. So, so even though you guys do two events, because you know when you think of only two days, um, do you still meet? Uh, throughout the year? Because you mentioned that the e-board meets every day. Like, what? How much work do you guys have to put into this for these two days in the, the fall and the, the winter time? It varies. I mean, <clears throat> all throughout the year, uh, school year, we meet every week, every Tuesday, and it usually, now we're meeting, and then after that, during the week, we each have to expend about an hour to two hours, depending on, you know, the load of the job and how soon the event's coming up in the office. Uh, we call the sites and get them involved and we call uh, student organizations to see if they would like to volunteer too and pass out flyers. So all in all about three hours a week. Okay. So um, when it comes to like being on the e-board, uh, how does a student get involved? Well if they're more interested after they uh, come out for either MLK Day or Fall Kickoff, or they just hear about us through friends. If they want to get on eBoard, they can send us an email at the at streets at msu.edu and just say that you're interested in, in helping out, want to get more involved. And usually if we have a spot open, we're happy to bring more people that are motivated and want to help us out. Right now, spot open, um, do you guys have, like, specific positions? Yeah, we actually have, um, like, me and, and Don, we're agency contacts this semester, or actually for the past year and uh, we call surrounding agencies and um, kind of get them involved with uh, with our community service events. And then there's also publicity who will call like Impact or State News and try to get our name out 
And then there are um, our co-chairs who actually run the whole thing, which are Jeff and Sarah. And what else do we have? Um, Don't forget the volunteer coordinator. Volunteer coordinator. They help uh, check the emails, getting volunteers to come and help out. Mm -hmm. um, they also help out with the site leader training that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so site leaders, like, uh, aren't site leaders within the organization? Um, they're just students that want to volunteer. Um, a lot of times we have groups that will come, and one of the students will be like, oh, I'll be the site leader. And what their primary role is is just to help keep the group organized when they're volunteering, make sure everyone's staying on track, and then at the end do a little reflection period with everyone to see what they liked about the day, what they didn't like about the day, um, and maybe some possible improvements for the organization. Okay. Now, um, well, as far as, like, what you guys do the actual day of, like, do you guys participate in the um, the volunteer activities? Like, what does the e-board do the day of uh, Into the Streets project? It kind of depends on, on how the day goes, to tell you the truth. I, I know last uh, last semester for fall kickoff, we ended up going and volunteering at the Bonnie Greenhouse on campus because we just, we had a, a site open and uh, we wanted to volunteer if we could. So we headed up there. But I think for MLK Day, we will um, kind of split up into smaller groups of two or three and try to get to all the sites just to make sure everything's going all right. And uh, if anybody has any problems, then we can try to sort some things out. So we'll be kind of jumping around from site to site and... Trying to volunteer at each site for a little bit. Yeah, we want to. Because we all came in the organization after being involved with it. So we all like to volunteer, but it's sometimes hard because we do have to make sure that everything is going okay, that all our sites get filled up. So. All right. And uh, what are you guys projecting as far as volunteers for uh, this year? We've got uh, 150 signed up right now. Um, that's not including individuals, though. That's just mostly groups. Uh, so we're we're really hoping that a lot more individuals show up. I mean, at a university of this size, we're obviously hoping that a lot more students will want to give a little bit of their time up on their Monday and come on out and help the community a little bit. All right. Now, um, when it comes to, like, registering on the day of, like, where do students have to go? Do they have to bring anything with them? Go to N130 Business College Complex. <clears throat> Dress warm. It's probably going to be freezing cold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of our projects are outside. Some are inside. So if you don't want to do one outside, then you obviously don't have to, but dress appropriately. Dress yeah. appropriately. Yeah. Uh, so, well, okay, got to ask it. Which ones are inside? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure some people are going to be asking this the day of with the snow coming. So we'll see if they want to know what um, what's going on each site. It's actually on our website. We have mm -hmm. descriptions of the sites and stuff, so they can kind of get an idea of what to wear. I mean, I just wouldn't wear shorts and a t-shirt and yeah. something nice. I mean, it's. The majority are inside. But you could end up painting or something, too, so don't wear your favorite T-shirt or something. Mm -hmm. So so community service can tend to be a little bit on the dirty side, yes. <laughs> which my nephew would probably love. <laughs> um, but as far as, like, I guess from year to year, what have you seen as far as uh, reactions from volunteers who come out to this event? Well, a lot of our volunteers that we get are ones that have volunteered in the past. So we have people coming back every time. Mm -hmm. So people seem to like it. Um, what they really like is the ability we give so people can volunteer with their friends. Um, you're not, you don't go somewhere and you're not stuck volunteering at one spot. There's a whole list of sites. You can pick one. You come with five friends. You all can go to the same place. And it's usually a lot of fun. Um, never really have people that get really disappointed with it. Um, I think the only time we've had that where people are forced to come. Sometimes they don't like it so much because... <laughs> They don't want to volunteer in the first place. So. Oh, ouch, ouch. But why do you think that this day is so important? Um, why is community service so important for students? Well, I know some universities it's actually required. Um, here it's not, of course. But um, it's important because, I mean, we all live in this community together. And you need to give back some way. It, it not only helps everyone else, but it helps you inside too, realizing how much we have here being students going to a big university when there's people out in Lansing area that don't have nearly as much as us. Mm -hmm. I, th I think, too, a lot, like, as college students, we tend to, like, hang out with other college students, and so we forget, like, the rest of the community and what's going on. And, like, this fall kickoff, I volunteered at a nursing home, and I realized how, like, I rarely see older people. And, like, and they really enjoy talking with, like, college-age students and seeing what they're up to, so... All right. Um, now, 
you guys as an e-board, like what were some of the more challenging things that you guys had to deal with um, this semester in planning for the MLK Day project? I think the biggest challenge is trying to uh, trying to organize the sites and trying to trying to reach out and, and get sites to come, and then trying to uh, estimate how many kids we're going to get because that's that's one of our bigger problems. Since it's a since kids come and sign up the day of, like uh, say for fall kickoff, it just when you have things like weather and other community service activities that happen on the same day, sometimes you don't get the turnout that you're expecting. So that's that's probably the biggest challenge is trying to estimate how many people we're going to have come out and trying to get as many sites as we can without having way too many sites. All right. Now, in years past, um, have you guys just had a flood of volunteers before? Have you ever had to turn away people? Well, last MLK Day, we were pretty close to having to. Mm-hmm. We had everything full to the max, just mm-hmm. about. And there's maybe like one or two sites that weren't filled up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's just, people we never expected a turnout like that before. 360, I think. Yeah, and we had... We barely had enough room. Um, <clears throat> some of the sites were filled past their maximum, and we had to call them and confirm that we could you know, bring three or four extra people uh, just because they were groups that signed up and didn't want to split up with their friends. And after everything got confirmed, it worked out fine, but we did have a lot of people. Now, um, why wouldn't like a, a nursing home or some of these other sites want to take like the extra people? Don't they need as much help as they can get? really depends on the job. You can't really have like 40 people painting a 10-foot section of fence at one time. <laughs> people start bumping into each other. Um, some of the jobs are in smaller uh, office buildings that can only take five people um, because there's just not that much work to do depending on what the job is. All right. And um, as far as like more information, because we went over the website before, but we should probably go over it again. What was that? www.msu.edu backslash tilde streets. Tilde is that little squiggly thing. All right, and that's where people can find out about the sites. Now, have you guys ever had um, problems with, like, I I guess, like maybe sites um, canceling at the last minute? Um, Like, what are some of the the major dilemmas that come up in this last week with crunch time here? Um, I don't think we ever really had sites cancel on us. I mean, we've had to cancel on sites. Um, I remember one time we had a, well, we had a lot of students come up, and not a lot of students brought cars, and some of the sites were far away. Mm-hmm. So I think we should mention if you can, if you are going to join us, it's nice if you can drive a car. We have free parking, at it's usually either at the business college ramp or the Wharton Center ramp. So that was one of the big problems I think we had last year at MLK. We ran out of cars. We had to have the e-board member, um, yeah. one of our co-chairs now, uh, drive a group of people to a site, which. You can always find, you know, people to drive, but it really helps if you can bring a car. All right. Um, and registration starts at 9.15 a.m., but what time does, like, the speaker actually speak on Monday? Um, I think it's at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? Mm-hmm. And when do people leave for um, the actual sites? 10 right. to 11, yep. All right. So, um... And it lasts until 3 p.m. Like, are there any other, like, amenities that people should have, like food, water? Like, what what things should people bring with them if they're going to these sites? Um, Pretty much bring yourself. Um, we do offer free breakfast. I think that's a pretty nice perk that every college student kind of likes to have. So, um, yeah, bring yourself. Uh, if you like, you can bring a snack. I don't see why a fruit roll-up or a fruit by the foot wouldn't hurt to bring it. <laughs> Have your mom pack you a snack or something like that. That'd be nice. No, okay. But um, again, and like students, if they're interested in registering beforehand, they can check out streets at msu.edu. And all of this is going to be taking place in N130 of the Business College. Um, registration is at 9.15 and is going to end at about 10 o'clock when the speaker starts. Now, are people going to have an opportunity to um, register while the speaker's there? Like, if they come a little bit late, is it going to be too late? No. Um, We really hope that they can make it on time, but if something comes up and you're a little late, you know, we still have the openings, whatever's open, but all the good sites are going to fill up fast, so the earlier you come, the better choice you have. All right. There's no such thing as a good site, if I'm going to say. There's there's the best sites, and then there are the better sites. So every site is always looking for volunteers to help out, no Mm -hmm. matter what. By good, you you may mean inside sites. If it's a cold day, you want to work inside, inside, you might want to show up early. If not, wear your snowsuit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
Awesome. But I just want to thank you guys so much for coming on to the show tonight, and best of luck with this uh, weekend with the weather. So Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep. Coming up next on Exposure, we've got Joe Haynes, a comic book writer, here to talk about his short story in Comic Obscura here on your Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back here with your Exposure. I'm Melissa, your host for the next 45 or 40 minutes or so. Right now in the studio, we've actually got not just Joe Haynes. We've got a a gang of comic book writers here to talk about their uh, short stories and comics uh, comics obscura. So if you have any questions for them, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So, you know, let's go through a a quick round of introductions for everybody and maybe like your piece in comics obscura. Uh, My name's Dale Vowles. Um, In the comic, I'm known as Dookie. You can call me that. Um... (laughs) You just want to know about my comic? Yeah. Oh, my comic's called Omega Holiday, and it's about a robot named Edgar and his love affair with little Becky. Not quite that bad, <laughs> but um, no, I, I actually, it's dealing with the uh, the end of the world. They're very much set against everything known in the universe, so they decided to destroy it. And it kind of deals with um, human transcendence versus... Um, human ignorance and um overcoming things humanity humanity stuff blah 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 yeah there's explosions and stuff happens that's crazy it's funny nice nice and my name is an acronym for poop <laughs> very yeah, true and also a pretty good album by uh green yeah. day back in the day green yeah so game. you know props to that <laughs> That was a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Joe Haynes. Uh, I am the author and illustrator of Moonquake. Um, it's just a, a sci-fi thingy. And um, this whole thing, it wasn't really my idea, but I was kind of the instigator. And after a fashion, um, oh, this, this is weird. It's like that sound garden, the, the echo thing. We're kind of in a soundproof room, so it tends to echo. Nice acoustics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I don't know. Um, So I finally did a comic. It was a lifelong ambition, and um, we did a comic, and very happy with it. And um, I don't really. uh, If if you want to read my comic, uh, it's it's in there. Um, It's a surprise. All right. Well, then well, we won't reveal too much of like the the content though, because like I was told that you were going to be the one who was coming, so I actually read over through it. Oh, it's pretty cool. Oh, pretty thanks. cool. Yeah. Uh, my name's Christy Hands. Um, my my uh, writer's name is Avadria. Um, my comic is Internal Essence. It's kind of um, it's manga esque, kind of a little bit inspired by the Japanese animation culture. That's becoming so popular now. It's uh, fantasy, um, kind of based off of the whole Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing, but with a little bit of touches of other things. And it's a story about um, pretty much two magic users, people who, wizards and stuff, who uh, have to travel together even though they're really enemies and they kind of develop a, um, they develop a respect and a friendship and things like that. And it's kind of a mixture of comedy, drama, romance, action, just a little bit of everything. Um, 
I'm looking forward to the next next issue myself. So see what happens with that. And the fourth and final. Uh, <laughs> I'm JJ Cod, uh, publisher. Uh, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, layout and design person. <laughs> Everything guy. <laughs> uh, J of all trades. Yeah, J of all trades. That's what it'll be for now. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, responsible for a lot of the uh, stuff involved with it. The layout design, making sure everything got together, the printing of it. Uh, I illustrated the introduction, the intermission, the back cover, and the soon-to-be-infamous Tau of Snarky, which is a futuristic film noir detective story. Uh, it's going to have uh, some interesting things. It's Pretty much you can read it and understand exactly kind of where it is in the world and what's going on. It's a very monologue kind of darkish feel. And it's going to be pretty interesting as it progresses on. Now, did you guys uh, know each other beforehand, before coming up with Comics Obscura? Um, Jay and I have known each other since high school. And then um, I knew one of our members, but and um, other than that, like uh, this all came about from we were, we were taking a comic book class at LCC last semester, and um, it was taught by Susan McGinnis Hardy. <coughs> she was a great teacher and um, learned a lot. And uh, over the the course of the of the course, um, you know, I began to see that a lot of these people had some real talent in that I wasn't the only, you know, comic illustrator in the area that had to get something out. And um, so, yeah, it, it just kind of came from that. I was like, I made an announcement on the last day of school that, like, uh, last day of class, um, anybody wanted to do a magazine to email me, and um, most of them did. And, um, and we started meeting, and then um, here we are. Now, with all the different comic books out there, um, why did you guys decide to create your own comic? Life, mean, lifelong ambition. Because, <laughs> I mean, almost all of us, we, you know, artists, we enjoy comics, we enjoy storytelling, and, you know, <clears throat> the world of sequential art and just what we can do with it, you know, the ability to grip the reader in a, a different way than film, uh, music, just plain old writing uh, really gives a chance to, for us to shine would be the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, for me, it's just, it's been a lifelong ambition. Now, um, cause you guys mentioned a couple of different like story, um, sort of genres. Cause you mentioned like Japanese, um, inspired, uh, and a lot of people who might not be familiar with comics might think very kitschy sort of Batman <laughs> and Robin, bam, wow, pop. Oh yeah. What, what are comic books today though? Well, That's... comic books have really, really, um, gone beyond the superhero story. I mean, there's so much variety in comic books today, and a lot of people are starting to realize that and see that, that just about any type of story you like can be found in a graphic novel. Um, sometimes they're short ones, like your, your 12 page, and sometimes you get these thick, hardcover bound books. I mean, just about any type of story you like, you can go down to a bookstore and go through the uh, graphic novel section and find either Japanese manga, um, or superhero, or fantasy, or futuristic action, sci-fi. It's it's all there. Um, there's even now uh, a new emergence that's really big, especially, like I say in the manga, for uh, comics for girls. A lot more drama, a lot more, you know, things not less, you know, things blowing up and more emotional-based stories. And uh, so there's a whole new... A big movement, especially with uh, with women and girls getting into comics. Yeah, and uh, Chris, you're, you're actually like the only like female before me from <laughs> Comics Obscura. Um, so I guess like you know, do you how do you feel like being a, a woman in sort of like the the comic book world? Well, it's opening up a lot more to women. As a matter of fact, in our next comic, uh, maybe not the next one, but the one after that, we're we're hoping to have at least another girl, maybe two, involved. But it is thought of as a male-dominated thing, and I think that's more of a Western or American ideal, that girls don't like comics just like girls don't play video games and girls don't, you know, do this, girls don't do that. And uh, girls are getting more and more into it, um, especially um, with the uh, Eastern styles. It's more, um, it's more appealing to girls a lot of times, so you see a lot more of that. But... Um, 
I don't find it very threatening at all. As a matter of fact, um, the fans love it. You know, the guys love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate to admit it, the guys love being able to uh, go, wow, there's a girl here, and, and they just go, yeah. <laughs> Don't see those very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooties. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. All the guys are great. You know, well, yeah, no social stigma here, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, not at all. One of the things, uh, one of the things I really like about our comic is that there is so much variety, and that we all kind of have our own—not just our own style, but like um, as far as the art goes, but just totally different ideas and um, all different genres. And, uh, and actually, we don't have a single superhero in the, in the whole thing, but that might change. Except for a robot. Yeah, That's except the closest for thing to superhero <laughs> you're gonna find in there. Yeah, I'm just saying, there happens to be a robot. Yet. Not we, to mention that it's in Moonquake, but <laughs> was responsible. But that wasn't. I didn't do that either. I, I promised I wouldn't spoil. Like, cause I. Oh I no, it, no, it's so fine. I I promise. <laughs> no, I, I don't promise anything. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to blame that one on Jay here. I'll, I'll take the blame. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, I just you know it's it's something for everybody, and we all. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I don't think we're really catering to anybody except our ourselves <laughs> yeah, we're artistic very selfish tendencies. because you guys have a variety of different stories and they're all short stories um and joe because i read yours um you know it's something that's to be continued so are these short stories that are going to be a part of a bigger series that you know if i pick up the next comics obscura i'm going to continue on in, in that series or are you guys going to try to do something different with the next um edition well we're really trying to get as many people to fall in love with the characters as possible right now because you know it, it we all kind of want to do more of an episodic belief with a total uh, end goal being almost a graphic novel set you know when we get enough of them just publish one large novel of each of them is a possibility if there's a big enough call for it and we continue this long enough yeah, I think all of ours are, we're pl all planning on continuing ours. But also on top of that, none of us know how to write stories that are less than, you know, <laughs> an epic volume. <laughs> so we're going to have the Tolstoy uh, comics <laughs> yeah. coming out. Yeah. At four pages. That's about it. All right, pretty sweet. So, um, like, as far as comic books, um, like, were you guys comic book collectors as kids? Because you mentioned, Jay, that it was like a lifetime dream of yours. But for the rest of you guys, like... Um, where'd you draw your inspiration from for these comics? I didn't really read comic books as a kid. I mean, I watched X-Men and, uh, like, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, and I was really exposed to superheroes that way. Um, didn't start doing art till I dropped out of college as a uh, computer programmer, computer science, and I was like, I want to do art. And I didn't know what to do. I wanted to do film, but that's way too much work. And I wanted, I definitely want to do stories, so like just doing fine art was way out of the question. So I guess comic books was like the perfect fit. So then I, then I really started diving into everything and started backlogging all the classics and reading up on the good stuff. We bribed him to get into this, actually. Yeah, I never... We saw stuff and we are like, yeah, we've got to pay you for this. <laughs> that still failed, so... Yeah, I, I was obsessed with comics since I, I found out they existed when I was like four, but it was mostly like uh, Bugs Bunny and uh, Disney comics, but um, it's, you know, it's been a lifelong... Like, on and off, like, you know, sometimes you don't have the money or whatever, so you steal them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> Joe! Uh, that never happened. Um, <clears throat> that, you know, um, no, I've uh, always been a comics fan, and I, and always dreamed of, like, you, you know, it's like, you, you see something you really, really like, and you're like, ooh, I wonder if I can do that, and you just strive for it, and it's not like nobody that you um, idolize, like, got that way overnight, you know? It's something you really got to work at. A ton of work. Yeah. A lot of work. People say, oh, that must be fun. It's a lot of work. It sounds fun. <laughs> it's fun work. Yeah, it's fun work, but it's hard work. Um, I've never read comics. I never read comics growing up. Never was into them until um, last year. Uh, I suddenly became exposed to comics I enjoyed because I was never into the superhero comics. And uh, I, was, I always wanted to be a fantasy illustrator. And, um, or an author when I was a kid, and it just happened to seem like a natural fit to do both as a, a comic book artist. And I've just really become into it really strongly now. Um, I still don't like superhero comics very much, but I, I read, there's so much variety now that I read what I can when I can. And, uh, these guys are always exposing me to new stuff and, and, and more interesting stuff. All right. 
Now, as storytellers, like, why do you guys find um, comic books to be so appealing as a medium? Oh, it's the best medium. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in, in film and everything like that, in, in writing, uh, the writing itself, you can get very descriptive with the words. You can get, you know, everything that you want out of there. But still, nonetheless, if you say, uh, you know, a monkey walked out with a horn... <laughs> You know, you're going to get someone to sit there and see a monkey with a horn sticking out of its head. And you're going to see another person, their vision of it is going to be a monkey walking out with a little bugle, you know, a saxophone, you know, a horn, basically. You know, it leaves way too much up to the imagination still. Whereas with just pictures itself, you don't get the internal monologue, what's going on inside the head that you do with the writing. The, really, the comics is the perfect merge of the two. Because you get to do the internal, you get to do the external, you get to do the vision whole nine yards. You can really, really guide your reader and manipulate their emotions. Yes. I mean, that's a mean way to say it, but that's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to tell them what to feel and, and what to think and, and to guide them through this as if taking their hand and walking down this road with them. And you can really do that a lot, very effectively with a comic because people will put in their favorite music instead of the background music. They will put in the smells, the scents, the, everything from the imagery. And it's it, it's interactive a lot more than sitting back and watching a movie and let the movie tell you the story. Um, it's like reading a book, except you get that you get that visual stimulation as well. So you yeah. really become more of a the, the reader can become more of a part of the the story than just either sitting back and watching or, or feeling like they're reading through it. They, it it's much more um, able to become a part of. I think. I I think it's fun too to like just it's it's a way to give your art sort of a function that it might not have otherwise like if you just draw a picture as opposed to telling a story either through animation or or comics but yeah it's I think a big part of it is like creative control because I don't have to like <clears throat> you know talk to other people and get input and stuff like I'm in control of everything that's going into my comic I'm doing the writing I'm doing the drawing. The inking, the coloring, the color, shading. Power hungry. Varalis. <laughs> right now, um, do you guys do any collaboration together? Because, uh, you know, there's some comic book writers and then there's some comic book illustrators. Like, what jobs do you take on with your particular story? Well, a lot of us, with uh, usually we get together at Gone Word Cafe every Sunday. We've been doing this for the past six months. Uh, just getting together, and every single time we get together, you know, we have any questions or anything like that, we have everybody read our stories, look at our art, go, what can we do different, what can we do to make it better? Uh, I guess the easiest way to say it is that even though we all illustrated it, well, had a small saying as to what was going on in each one. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Jay, you're actually kind of like the the sort of, well, Jay of all trades. The Jay of all trades, exactly. Jay of all trades. So, um, I guess, like, what extra burden was p- placed on you with having to take on so many different hats? Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, I offered to help. Yeah. Uh, so got no that involved, like let's see, the, uh, the scanning, all the touching up of the images. Uh, we had one artist who decided not to stay within the restrictions, so getting all those images taken care of. Uh, touching up Joe's comic... <laughs> just a little bit uh, 40 hours <laughs> yeah I, I, right before publication I put uh, about 180 hours of work into it over probably what a three week span it was about yeah. three three and a half week like span uh, promotional materials flyers all the layout design uh, getting everything from the copyright down to getting the printer getting it to the press <laughs> doing the touch ups at the 11th hour it was oh, yeah. a whole lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can kind of see the bag oh, under just, your eyes. Just a little bit. It was like, I don't, I don't know if I could say this because I'm a guy, but it was kind of like carrying a baby, you know. It's <laughs> like, I just want to get this thing out there, and then and then all of a sudden it's finally out, and it's beautiful. Oh, it was even better yet it's getting a... <laughs> it was even <laughs> better yet getting the thousand issues back from the printer, and then they're going, yeah, I'm going to hand number them all. <laughs> and it's... Right, it's um, five o'clock in the morning. It's amazing. The I couldn't believe the quality of the, the printing. Um, we were just... You know, it's amazing. Please just punch this. Yeah, to finally open it up and see all your labor and and everything you've done so much, and go, wow, that looks like a professional did it. You know, and be able to to realize that that's your quality, that's where you are now, and that's you've you've made that finally. 
right now bragging uh, rights oh, yeah. yeah bragging rights yeah. totally because like you can go to other you know people in your class and be like haha did this <laughs> published published <laughs> uh-huh. um so speaking of published where is this going to be available uh we've got uh right around nine stores on board right now we uh have capital city collectibles downtown uh and then right across the street we have everybody reads we have clem collectibles downtown washington square also uh Way Station, who will be moving stores soon. Comics Utopia down in Holt on the south end. 21st Century Comics. Uh, Schiller's Books. Absolute Gallery. And Gumby's Pizza. <laughs> Gumby's Pizza. Yeah, we deliver comics now. Perfect. Can we mention yeah, the uh, tomorrow? What's that? I saw an advertisement at Gumby's for oh, you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was kind of confused about it. Cause like <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody is. It hasn't caught on yet. But yeah, you can. it's available through Gumby's because I work there. Oh, nice. Way to get the in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Use your networking skills. <laughs> actually, on top well, my, of that. My boss was just, it was her idea. And she was really cool about it. At Gail Sutton rocks. <laughs> get a little plug in there. Good push, Joe. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, interesting thing is we have a, a comic signing tomorrow from 3 to 6 at Clem's Collectibles. So, yep, it's going to be one of those interesting things. should be fun. <laughs> a little schmoozing. Show up. Schmoozing. Uh, All right, now, uh, how many issues are you guys planning on coming out, and like, how far apart are you going to space them? Quarterly publications. So we're looking releases in like December, March, June, September, December, March, June, September, December, (laughs) till the wheels fall off. March, till our fingers break. (laughs) We can't take anymore. Well, I don't know. um, Yeah, as long as we can. All right, so um, are you guys going to keep it within the um, group of artists that you already have, or are you always looking for new talent? Like any, Yeah, we're always looking for new talent. You know, even if it's just a little one-pager, uh, you know, we right now we're trying to maximize, uh, you know, keep a limit of six pages so we can try and, you know, portray as much local art as possible. But we might end up doing two separate publications if we get enough artists on board. Well, yeah, and we also... That's inc- something we're thinking of. We also encourage... People, there's there's other comics being done in town, and you know it'd be just great if we got like a comic book scene going in East Lansing and Lansing, and yeah, um, like if we can't fit you in, like start your own magazine. Yeah, yeah, we did it. You know, there's a lot of comic book artists out there. A lot of people who keep thinking, you know, I'd love to do it, but I can't. But it really, honestly, it's all about just doing it. You know, just just sit down and and do it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of money to get the publication. A little bit. <laughs> But um, Some of us you know, have. You, can, you know, anybody can can do it. It's just a lot of time, a lot of work, and sometimes a, a little bit of an investment. But you know, if it's what you want to do, you got to do it. It's an investment in yourself. <laughs> Personal growth. That's what yeah. you get Same reason. with any art and whatever you're doing. Go for it, man. Now, um, if there are comic book artists out there who are interested, and they happen to be listening right now, um, do you guys have contact information for these artists? Absolutely. Uh, one of the best things to do is just comicsobscura at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a website coming soon. Uh, you really don't want to go there because there's nothing there yet, but uh, it's just going to be simply www.comicsobscura.com. Um, you know, pretty much if you can't get a hold of us via email or anything like that, uh, we're always, every Sunday evening, <laughs> we're at Gone Weird Cafe and the wonderful people there who put up with us <laughs> every Sunday. Yeah, they give us a... them, they'll tell you, they'll point us out to you. They know us. We had a release party there, actually. That was a blast. They were really cool to us do it. And that's another good thing, if I may. Um, like, this whole community has just been awesome Incredible. to us. And, like, all the business owners have been really, really... I was like, just... I mean, it blew my mind, you know. I, I was like, we were doing this, I'm like, okay, maybe one or two places to want to sell. But everybody was just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the stores are giving us big pushes. Like uh, Tom from Clem's Collectibles, who's hosting the signing tomorrow, pushing it on. He's got an online comic mailer every single week. It's the first thing that's on there. I'm just like going, wow. Nice, nice. Yeah, Lansing has a really awesome community. You just overlook it because you're here. Oh, also as well, I just uh, almost forgot. Uh, tomorrow in uh, oh, yeah. tomorrow's Lansing City Pulse, actually, we've got a piece in there on us. So there should be contact information as well in there if anyone wants to get a hold of us. All right, and the email address, once again, is comicsobscura at gmail.com. Yes, ma'am. Yep, 
I got a, a good memory. Actually, I wrote it down. I cheated. Um, but I just have one quick final question for you. Because, like, uh, a big trend in movies right now is comic books to movies. And, like, all types of comics. Um, and you guys talked about how you want to see, like, big novel-sized comics of uh, and graphic artwork of, of your work. Um, do you guys see that as being something that you'd want to do? What do you think of this trend? I, I think that a lot of the trend, it's going to be interesting over the next few years because for a while there was the comics to movie and it was almost a, a fashion faux pas in the movie industry because no one could do it right. Absolutely no one. You can go back and look through all the movies that have ever been created about comics before and you go, no. Yeah, I don't and think I'd want my comic hacked up like that. <laughs> it becomes the bane of existence a lot of times. But, uh, you know, they're really doing it well. Uh, they have to separate the original story from the new story because trying to tell the comic form on the movie screen and just telling the story again, people are like, but it's not very good for people who have never seen it before. Mm-hmm. I would love to see mine done as maybe an animated movie or an animated series, but not a not a live-action movie. It's almost... It's almost a good advertisement for your comic book, really. I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of comics like like Sin City, like like people hadn't read the comic and then they saw the movie and it was as beautiful and um, it was like watching the comic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know though. It could also hurt your comic, like you know. Yeah, and then and then yeah, more times than not, they totally genre. butcher it. And <laughs> if if anything, if any of my comics were to be made into a movie, I'd I'd totally be like the like, listen. You need you know. Total control. Just because I'm, you know. I think what he's saying is he's willing to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm open to negotiations. But no, yeah, um, I was like, when, when you're doing this, you're, you're kind of picturing a movie in your head, and like the panels, like the movie screen, and um, so it, you know, it, you're kind of visualizing it that way anyway. Um, all the all the movies are just good for the comic book industry in general. It's because it gets just more massive exposure and then people might get interested and head down to the comic shop and then they might see our comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like with Marvel, DC, I mean, all the major, you know, companies making a big push right now, it's become a staple in the theater almost. You yeah. sit there before you know, anything comes up, it comes up with a big sign for Marvel, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> 3, things like that. It's there and in your face and, you know, you can't help but recognize it. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that little bit of name recognition comes in and you're like, ooh, hey, I might try reading a comic. Mm-hmm. And then you get the comic book lover bandwagon going. So, <laughs> But um, actually, we've got another guest coming up, so I'm going to have to let you guys go. Good oh, yeah. luck with the comics. And once again, for people who want to contact you, that's comicsobscura at gmail.com. So thanks, you guys, for oh, coming thank on. You. Thanks. It's great being here. And awesome work on the comic. It looks really sweet. Very <laughs> professional. You. Thank you. Very yeah, nice. yeah, we got to get to work on our next one. <laughs> March. All right, good luck not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Yeah. yeah, thanks. <laughs> coming up next on Exposure, we've got Scott Cameron here to talk about Van Atta's Greenhouse here on your Impact 88.9 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles... Inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Hey, this is Melissa, and we're back here with your exposure. We're almost done with the show, but we've got about, oh, 
10-12 minutes with Scott Cameron here in the studio from Van Addis Greenhouse to talk about the greenhouse and their winter classes that'll be coming up. So if you have any questions for Scott, feel free to give us a call at 432-3893. So Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Melissa? Not too bad. Super. Now for a person who's a beginner at greenhouses in the area, what exactly is Van Addis Greenhouse? Well, okay. Um, can I give you a little bit of background so that the listeners will understand. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, Ted Van Atta, uh, who was a full-time Michigan State University employee in shipping and receiving years ago uh, in the 60s, uh, had a little vegetable and annual uh, sale from his front yard that his son helped him with. And his son was named George Van Atta. He is the current president and owner, along with Rhea, his wife. And they... Um, started a little business in 1980 after George graduated from Michigan State with a horticultural degree. And 26 years later, uh, they have 25 to 30 full-time employees, and they add about another 40 uh, part-time employees in the spring. It's a multi-million dollar business uh, on about 98 acres and two acres of uh, greenhouse and, and retail store. So it's quite a business. And they do a lot of uh, activities, um, community activities. That's where I come in. I'm, uh, that's my project coordinator for community activities. And one of the things, I guess the thing that I've been asked to come here to talk about is what we have, our winter classes. Um, I can outline what some of those might be, um, um, if you'd like me to. first question okay. is, um, why in the winter for greenhouse classes? Well, the, the greenhouse and flower shop is open year-round, and so we try to have activities year-round that will um, make people think about gardening and, and draw people to the facility. And so we've been doing these winter classes for, I don't know, a number of years now. Over the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays in the months of February and March, and they're all oriented around gardening in one way or another, or at least most of them are. I can give you some examples. Sure thing. Um, okay. Um, I have a list in front of me, so I'll just, without getting into detail. Indoor container gardening, basic landscape design, building your own terrarium, making herbal soaps, designing a perennial garden, tea in the greenhouse, which is uh, an herbal tea uh, thing, a group wedding consultation, uh, using containers and urns in the garden, um, thinking outside the vase, uh, opening your pond for spring, rose basics, um, integrated pest management for roses, those kinds of classes are what we offer. Yeah, and there's quite a variety because, like, when I think of greenhouses, I don't typically think of soaps and teas. Right. Like, how are soaps and teas related to um, Van Atta's greenhouse? Like, why did they get started there? Well, I don't know how they got started there um, because I know they've been there for several years and I've not been here but, but one. So, but I know that the, <clears throat> the teas are, uh, have, are tied in with growing uh, herbs in the garden and then they're herbal teas. And the, and the soaps are also herbs, so, uh, herbal base. So I suppose that's how they got started. All right. Okay. <laughs> makes more sense because okay. I was having a hard time with uh, that one. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to like, well, because I see on here the group wedding consultation. Yes. Um, how how does that relate? Well, to that relates because it's uh, a lot. A big piece of the business is the flower shop, and so there's a lot of uh, flower arranging and flower uh, providing and and consultation that sort of thing. Now, is this for um, like? I guess, potential brides and grooms. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I, I, I was wondering if it was more along the lines of for, like, wedding consultants. No, no, absolutely for brides and, and grooms, I guess primarily the brides. Um, these these classes, um, all they range from um, no charge to small fee. And um, if anybody who is interested can go on the website, <clears throat> which is www.vanadas.com, <clears throat> pardon my throat, or they can call um, Van Addis at 517-339-1142, and registration's going on now. All right. Now, um, your job is to organize these classes. Like, mm -hmm. how long have you been working with Van Addis? Oh, just about a year. All right. And how did you get involved with this business? Well, I, I retired as a as a 
40-year employee of a company and primarily handled public relations and advertising. And my wife uh, suggested that I find something part-time to do. And I was fortunate enough to find uh, this opportunity just as they were looking for someone. So um, works out great. All right. Yeah. Now, have you taken any of the classes yet? I haven't taken any classes. I've uh, helped organize them and put them together. And I have, I have worked on a number of other community projects. Um, they, they are involved in a number of things, like a, a grow a row program in the spring, where we encourage um, amateur gardeners to plant an extra row of vegetables, and we team up with some, with the Lansing Food Bank, and uh, last year came up with about 4,000 pounds of vegetables for the Lansing Food Bank through that project. And then we have school garden grant projects, a number of different community events, open houses and festivals in the summer and lots of things. So I'm kept pretty busy. Right. Yeah. Now, why do you think that um, the greenhouse, Van Atta's greenhouse, um, focuses so much on the community? Well, both George and Rhea are very um, strong believers in being involved with community activities. They're, I, I tell you, when I, I gave a talk to some retired MSU professors um, last summer, and in the preparation for that, I found... Um, 26 different uh, projects that they've been involved in just in, in the recent years as I, as I did my research um, to help beautify uh, beautification projects in the area and lots of uh, um, benevolent organizational activities. So they're, they just feel very strongly that that's a responsibility that they have to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, what attracted you? Because you mentioned that they were looking for somebody. What when you were looking for that part-time job to do, what, well, what attracted you uh, to Van Atta's? Well, I, I've lived in the Lansing area for a number of years, and I always would go to Van Atta's for my gardening needs because I love to vegetable garden. And so I was very familiar with them. And um, my wife said, you know, look for something that you're interested in. And gardening and golf were the two things that I'm primarily interested in. So I just... Uh, sent them a letter, and they said they called me and said, well, <laughs> the timing is perfect. All right. Uh, All right. Now, so. um, when it comes to, like, the actual classes, because um, you gardened yourself, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, like, my mom's never taken a class. What do you think that people benefit from taking a, a class on gardening? Well, uh, as I've, I've talked to all of these instructors, some of the instructors are independent, some are Vanatta employees, and um, they're all very enthusiastic in trying to um, develop an enthusiasm in the general public for the areas of their expertise. So, you know, uh, if you're talking about basic landscape design, uh, Dennis Sell is an expert in this, and he, uh, this is something that he loves to get people involved in. And, uh I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no. Because, right. like, I was thinking about indoor container gardening, and it just made me think of my mom because... Oh, sure. She has a green thumb, but when it comes to indoor plants... She doesn't. No, not well, at all. Send, <laughs> invite your mom <laughs> to come on out there. It's so funny because, like, every time I send home a plant for her to take care of, if I need, like, to go away for a while, like, I can just count on it being dead. <laughs> Well, we do well with outdoor plants at our house, but uh, actually I should encourage my wife to go to the indoor <laughs> gardening uh, cl- class as well. All right. Now, um, you helped organize a lot of these classes. Is there one in particular that you have an interest in or that you would recommend um, for listeners out there? Well, um, gee, that's a that's a tough question because if I pick one or two, the other people are going to be unhappy with me. Um I would say that the um, basic landscape design and laying out of your own uh, landscape design are, are two pretty comprehensive uh, programs. If people are interested in doing uh, some, you know, some landscape designing around their their home, um, another one are the classes being put on by the Rose Society on on roses. They those classes, if people take them, are actually uh, going to qualify the the students for points on the Master Gardening Program. Um, so, master Gardening Program at oh, at where? Well, if there is a you can get master you can become a Master Gardener if you take enough uh, formal education and get enough points. I don't know how many it requires, but I do know that those two Rose classes 
um, both will contribute points to someone who wants to get their Master Gardener qualification. Oh, okay. So to be like certified in the exactly. state of Michigan exactly. as a Master yep. Gardener. Mm -hmm. All right, I got it. Now, um, as far as registering for these classes, how can people go about, you know, either finding out more information about registering or um, when classes are well, and how they can? Exactly. Well, on, on the website, once again, www.vanatas.com with an S V A N A T T A S dot com. Um, if people want to go to that website, all of the classes are described in detail in there. And um, there's also, you can call the telephone number uh, that I gave earlier, which is 339 1142, area code 517, and ask whatever questions they want. If they want to talk to the instructor uh, before they sign up, they're welcome to do that. We encourage that. All right. Well, Scott, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. Is there anything else that you'd want to add about um, Van Adda's? No, I think we kind of covered the overview. All right. Uh, I'm for you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Appreciate oh, no it. problem. And thank you so much for coming on. Okay. And uh, yeah, good luck with uh, well, kind of retirement. Oh yes. Yep. yep. Okay. Thank you very much, right. Melissa. Oh, no problem. And that's all that we have for um, Impact Exposure here. Progressive Torch and Twang is next here on your Impact eighty-eight point nine FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.